You're listening to the Seek First podcast for students with Stephanie Akiyama and Kurt Petershawn. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Seek First podcast for students once again. We are excited to be here as always, aren't we? Yes, we are. Are We love this. I'm super excited. I feel like you're always excited. I am. I love this. (laughs) You're an excited person. You're an excitable, excited human being. Like the quokka. The quokka. Oh. (laughs) Look it up. It's a cool animal. Oh, yeah. The quokka and what was the other animal? I can't pronounce it. Vashasha or something. Vashasha. Vashasha. Was that the rabbit one? Vashasha. Yes. Yes. Stephanie has found these interesting animals that she thinks are like she and I. Mm -hmm. Which one am I? You're the Vasasha. <laughs> the Vasasha, which is like this weird, chilled out rabbit looking super thing. Super chill, super and, chill, but and, but fantastic. And I'm sure highly intelligent and can preach. And the quokka <laughs> is the most excited looking gerbil you've ever seen in your yes. life. So, it's a marsupial. Yeah. Go look up the quokka and the, Versa- the Versace. But no. Versace. <laughs> Versace. All right. So today um, we have a really great question today that we have been racking our brains on and talking a little bit about and looking through the Bible and looking at commentaries and all the things. Um, the last few weeks we've been on just some relational things. So today we're actually kind of excited just to do a little bit of a turn and talk more uh, yeah, more theology, I guess, yeah. a little bit, and just more like what the Bible says about, um, like just the specific story from the book of Genesis. Our st- our question today comes from Holden Hall. So shout out to Holden. Thank you shout for out, asking a question, Holden. Um, yeah. here's the question. The question that he posed was this, and it is a good one. It's a little bit of a, uh, a thinker, I think. So yes. the question was this from Genesis three. When Adam and Eve sinned, right? So he asked this, if they didn't yet know uh, what good and evil were, right? So if they didn't yet know that, did they know, did they understand that what they were doing was wrong? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if Adam and Eve didn't yet know the difference between good and evil, did they understand that what they were doing was wrong? That is Holden's question. That's what we want to dive into today, and I think it's a really good one. Yes, and so it's funny because as we were looking at it, we thought, okay, well, the short answer to that question, did they know that it was wrong, um, is yeah, because yeah. there was a direct command right. from God, yeah. um, Genesis 2.16, and the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Yep. So the short answer is, yeah, they knew um, even before they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they knew yeah. that it was wrong yep. to do that. Now, did they know all of the consequences? All the implications, all the... I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Surely yeah. not. Right. Yes. Can, let, can, we, can we read, actually? Can yeah. we read a little bit of this? Let's do that. Let's, let's, do let's read the Genesis 3. I'll read if that's yes, okay. please. I'm reading the NIV version, kind of the old NIV. I like the NIV 84. That's what I preach oh, from. You go, um, boy. That's an old yes. school NIV. Now there's yes. a newer. Anyway, anyway. I'm an ESV. Yeah. But so it's okay. love ESV yeah. too. That's, what, that's my study Bible, but I preach from the NIV. Anyway, nice. so let me read okay. this. Here we go. This is Genesis 3. I'll start in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, 
did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So you just heard the command right. from, from God in chapter 2, and then Satan is here, and he's asking Eve that question. Did, did God really say must not eat from any tree in the garden? Verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So I'm just going to stop there. Um, that's the the gist of our story. So again, the question being, did they kind of understand what they were doing? You just answered. Short answer is they had a command. Right. right? They so were they, not ignorant. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. They had a the, command from God. Right. The assumption of some people that some people make is that um, they they were just these doe-eyed innocents that right. knew nothing. Yeah. But when you when you look at what Adam was tasked with, even before Eve shows up on on the scene. Mm-hmm. They're highly intelligent things. He has right. to name all of the critters. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's tasked to grow this garden, yeah. to, to, to make it multiply and do all of this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And so um, they were intelligent. They were made in the image of God. Yep. Um, so they, they, we don't know as m- how much they knew, but we know that they did know. And we read that Eve knew something. Right. They yeah. know something. And there's all sorts of... Uh, things we could kind of question about it and, and kind of um, speculate on, like right. how much did they understand? Because even I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking, you know, with the knowledge of good and evil, what is that? What does that mean as far as like, okay, there's a, there's a tree that is the tree of life, right? right? And, um, and th- they were this, not commanded not to eat that one. Right. So they, they can eat from the tree of right. life and then there's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, um, like, did they have an understanding? I guess what I mean is, did they have an understanding of good and evil are a thing? Like, right. I understand that this is a thing, right? There's some kind of other side to this thing that we know God and we experience him and he is good and we are good with him. And But there's this evil thing that we don't, that we know is a real thing, but maybe they haven't yet experienced, right? Right. Like, I I, I guess that's the way I, I, I take that to mean when God says, um, or you're, when Satan says to Eve, you know, God just knows you're going to be like him and you're going to know good and evil. He's setting that up like that's a great thing. Right. God doesn't want you to have what he has. That's exactly right. right. He's experience. holding out on you. Right. Yes. That, and that is and that is the essential um, temptation there, right? Yes. That, okay, God's not good, Eve, because God is trying to keep something from you that he has, yeah. right? And he doesn't want you to have. Yes. I think the essential lie that he's trying to say is sin's not so bad right? <laughs> and God's not so good. Right. Right. Like yeah. those are the things that he is trying to sell to Eve. Um, and we know uh, the short answer that we gave to the question is because God said so, basically. <laughs> like, don't yeah. do it because God said so. Right. But it does spin off a whole bunch of different questions. You yeah. know, like, what we were just thinking, um, why would God put this temptation in the garden yeah. right, in the first place? Um, did God overreact? Was their obedience such a terrible transgression? Uh, was this a test of faithfulness? So all of these mm-hmm. questions. But we do know that sin, uh, there are no small sins. Sin is sin. Now, the repercussions are bigger, right? right? You murder someone, there's a whole lot bigger repercussion than if you slap them. Um, But we do see throughout Scripture some of the repercussions of disobeying God's direct commands, and Mm -hmm. they are not pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just again, with that short answer of 
okay, did they know? Yeah, I don't think they knew all of what was going to happen. Clearly they didn't, because right. um, they do seem to have some surprise there. Um, but they knew that the God who created them, who they had relationship with, who was the, to them, obviously they knew who he was. They knew he is God. They know he is right. in charge. They know he, and he told them not to do something. Right. And, 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 and even there's something interesting too, because it says when, when Satan asked, right in verse four, he asks, or he tells the woman, you will not surely die. Uh, or I'm sorry, right before that, uh, in verse, in verse two and three, right? So Satan says, you must not eat, uh, uh, God's, or sorry, Eve says, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Like she's saying, this is what God said, that we must not eat from it and we must not touch it, which we don't have God saying that to them. Right. Right. So either, either there's a little bit of a adding on to what God said. I don't know. Or maybe that was, maybe or that Adam is, told her that. Maybe Adam <laughs> told her, right? Maybe, Adam was like, yeah. don't even touch it. Cause that like, command came to Adam. Came directly to Adam. Yeah. Right. It didn't and come he to He wasn't Eve. there yet. Yep. You know, didn't have the command. So Adam was really in charge of making sure that he and his wife right. were following this command of God. Yes. Which always brings up some, qu- some interesting questions to me as we think about what's going on in this story. Right. So, um, you know, first of all, did all the animals talk? I don't know. I know because she certainly wasn't surprised. It didn't that the seem like she had any her, freak right? out moment. Like there's <laughs> yeah. a snake talking right. to me because she's answering, why, not running. Yeah. Why doesn't the author of this go? The, the serpent started talking to Eve, which was weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. right. Apparently, it wasn't weird. Right. I don't know. I have no idea. But so that's one thing. But no, like one. Why were they so near to the tree? Proximity in the first place. Man, we do it though, don't we? Right, absolutely. Like sin, we we can find ourselves, or we are okay sometimes with being in places we know we shouldn't be. Right, putting ourselves in situations yeah. we know we should not be, and so their first mistake really was proximity. Yeah. Why were they so close? It's not like there were just two trees. Like you can eat from yeah. this one and not that one, right? There were there were trees. Yeah, there and was... this is the one you just don't touch it. Like don't don't eat from it or else right. bad things are going to happen. I mean there's probably avocados and Hello, pineapples yes. and tomatoes and yes. whatever. I mean there's <laughs> right. everything the that they could possibly have. Even the tree of life was not off limits at right. this point. Right? It's, like all yeah. of it. And God, what I love about this, um, you know, it says a lot in the creation narrative about God creating and speaking and doing all of these things. But it says at one point that he planted the garden. Mm -hmm. It's this personal like grace thing that God does for his creation, for man and woman. He plants this garden. Mm -hmm. So he planted even the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and called it good. Yeah. Right. All of it is good, but how we treat things, sometimes we can misuse things and they become evil. They become bad. They become the the vehicle towards bad things happening, but it's not that it was bad. It's not that God put this horrible thing in the middle of the garden. It was good. Right. And another thing I noticed there is, okay, so that proximity, how Mm -hmm. often do we get in trouble because we're just somewhere we shouldn't be? Yes. (laughs) I cannot, seriously, I mean, I can't count how many times in my life I've just gotten myself into trouble or done something stupid because I just was where I shouldn't be, whether that was physically in a geographical location I shouldn't be or something like that, or just, you know, in a, in a frame of mind I shouldn't be in or entertaining something I shouldn't entertain, whatever. Um, the other thing though, that's interesting about this story to me is, you know, as Satan is going back and forth with Eve and she's answering his question, she's entertaining this, this, this conversation just continued. Like she doesn't shut it down. 
Right. You know, like as he starts to question, and we said this just a second ago, so so Satan's clearly trying to get her thinking through God's goodness. Yeah. Right. God whom you know, and we don't know, by the way. Um, okay, so let's 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 pause on this. Um, there are there are many people who believe in a literal account of Genesis. Right. Right. Um, I, I fall there. I don't know where you fall. Yeah, I do fall there. I fall there. Um, I, I believe Genesis is literal. I believe the days are literal and all that. I'm a young earth person, but whatever. We don't we can get into that later. But um, we don't know how long they were there right. in any case. Um, we're not or how sure. much interaction they had with God. Right, right, right. Like yeah. whether this was, uh, you know, a week that they were in the garden or right. I, f- I always kind of think about it and I'm like, man, if it was me, it might have been the same day he made me, you know, <laughs> I mess up, you know, right. um, yeah. but maybe they went a whole week or maybe they went yeah. months or years. I don't know. Yeah. But in any case, yeah, they clearly had this relation and they knew this God, at least in some already intimate way because it, it seems to be a regular thing that they commune with him and have conversation with him right. in the garden. Mm-hmm. And so now Satan is all of a sudden coming in and coming in and going, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, isn't that the way sin begins for us? Is, is this like doubt? Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> the way we view God or the way that we, I don't know, just think about him and is God really Good. And she doesn't shut that conversation down. Right. Ephesians 4 says, never give place to the devil, mm. right? So don't give him a foothold. Don't give him a foothold, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And so when you allow these thoughts to yeah. continue, like here's the thing. Sometimes, guys, you're going to have thoughts that come into your mind or you're going to have yeah. whatever that just comes. And that's not the sin. The sin is that it, it the sin's not that it hits your mind. Right. The sin is entertaining it. Right. The, the sin is allowing it to grow yep. in your mind. But Satan can only effectively work when he establishes a foothold because when we give him an inch, he's going to take a mile, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Um, and this is why we're called not to resist him, to tell him go away. Yeah. And this is where Eve, this was her her next mistake yeah. that she allowed him to keep on talking, keep on talking. And his native tongue is lie. He's father of lies. Yes. Um, and I think about other stories in the Bible. The one I always go to anytime I've taught this passage in Genesis three, I almost always reference, um, Second uh, Samuel eleven yeah. with David and Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys know this story, where King David is one, like all the parallels of this, right? One, he's where he's not supposed to be. Right. It says kings go off to war in this time of year, and he stayed in Jerusalem. Yeah. So that's number one. Right. He's near the tree, so to speak. Yes. Um, he goes out on his balcony. He sees Bathsheba bathing, um, and then he begins to do what you just described. He um, he he listens to the voice in his head or his heart or whatever going. Yeah, but, right? right? You're married. Yeah, but you're right. not supposed to commit adultery. Yeah, but. And he entertains the idea clearly. Right. And then, so here's what we see in Genesis. Here's what it says in Genesis. It says that, uh, where is it? Uh, verse six, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye mm. and desirable for gaining wisdom. And if you read Second Samuel 11, it's like this, you can, you can just see David as he looks at this woman like this piece of fruit. So, right. so it's, it's, it's pleasing to the eye. It's desirable to me. I want this. And then he actually sends someone to go get it, yes. um, commits adultery with her. And then that spirals out of control with murder and all these other things. But yeah. Just all the parallels of sin, like sin working, you know, sin working in that way. Um, here, here's James. I wanted to read this verse real quick. Um, let me make sure I read the the right verse here. Okay. So it says this. 
Uh, James 1, verse 13, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one, now listen, he says, each one is tempted when, by his own evil desires, he is dragged away and enticed. And then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So, Again, yes. that that picture that James paints of man, God's not tempting you for one, right? Um, which maybe we can get to that in a second about why is the tree there in the first place? Yes, um, but you know, Eve as she entertains the idea, she keeps having the conversation and she doesn't leave, and then she looks at the fruit and looks at the fruit and looks at the, just like David does. And with then, Adam standing right there, with Adam standing <laughs> right like, there, which boy. is another part of this that we <laughs> yeah. can bring up. Man, anyway. Yes, I, it, it reminds me of this John Owen's quote that yeah. I know you know. But John it, Owen, I, old, it, old guy. Yeah, John Owen, he is awesome. And he <laughs> says, uh, be killing sin or it will be killing you. Yeah. There's no neutral with sin. Yeah. And as she's entertaining and as this idea is growing, and as you were talking about in James, she, she, when the woman saw the tree was good for food mm-hmm. and that it was a delight to the eyes. Yep. And that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. So she acted mm-hmm. on this doubt. She acted yep. on this lie. And here's the thing that is so crazy, Train guys. <laughs> In Genesis 2.9, listen to this. And out of the ground, the Lord made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Yeah. All the trees were pleasant <laughs> to the eyes All of them. and good for food. Yeah. Here's where the lie came in. It was to be desired to make one wise. To gain wisdom. And that's what she wanted. Yeah. She wanted to be like God. I was asked recently by a student. Uh, we were doing a little Q&A session at House Church. Um, and I was asked this question. It was um, something something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing, um, has sin changed? He, he was wondering, like, has sin, you think sin's changed kind of over the over the years, over the centuries or whatever? Um and my answer to that was, well, you know, I think the way that we sin maybe changes or like the methods and things like that, yeah. obviously with technology or whatever. Um, and the temptations are a little different, but really they're the same. I mean, sin is sin, right? Absolutely. And here's, because here, look, let's, let's, let's take those three things again. The desire, uh, the, the, she sees it, she yes. craves it for food yes. and the desire to gain wisdom, right? So here's first John, let me read first John two, uh, verse 15. It says this, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now listen, for everything in the world, here you go, the cravings of the sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does. Right? Three things. And what is he talking about? He's talking about the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, um, good for food, good for taste, good for wisdom. You know what I mean? Like this is what she wants. It, It just seems to me that Eve wanted to... You know what? Let's just put it really simply. She wanted to do what she wanted to do. Right. She craved it. Yeah. And 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 Satan just plays on that. That's exactly right. You know? And don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> don't we all? And but the cool thing is when you turn to Matthew four, mm-hmm. Jesus overcomes all three of these. He was tempted. Right. Satan yes, came yes, yes. and gave him the exact mm-hmm. three temptations. Listen to this. If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. So lust of the flesh, hunger. Yep. Right? Okay, here's the second temptation. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down. This emotional desire to be important, to be rescued, right? This this right. was this desire. God's going to take care of you. You're the guy, right? Right, right? So the lust of the eyes, which is emotional desires. And then the last one, 
all these, so Satan is pointing to everything, all these I will give you if you will just fall down and worship me. Pride of life. Pride of life. Yes, yeah. all of them. And listen, Jesus redeems it. Like Jesus, I love it, man. Jesus overcame how, all of it with the word. Yes. With how, the word. How amazing is the Bible that I mean, I we just it. see these things fit together so well that no, sin is not new and it's not, the temptations might be uh, as far as how it happens and all of that. But right. man, the sin in our hearts and, and guys, again, like you said, Stephanie, it just, it originates there. It is this heart that just desires what, what we desire and, yeah. and all Satan does. So another part of this to me is just making sure we understand this. Satan does not feed Eve, right? Right. And he doesn't feed Adam. He he does no cramming of fruit down anybody's throat. <laughs> right. He says, "Here it is. Yeah. Here, here is." And and what was he offering them? He was offering them what they wanted, mm -hmm. you know. And when what she they sees they what wanted. they thought, right? Yeah. Um. In that sinful desire, that sinful nature. So. Yeah. Again, a little bit to that longer answer to the question. No, I don't think they knew all the implications. Uh, you know, of course they didn't. Right. Um, but they knew there was something there that they didn't have. That right. and then Satan convinced them that that's what you need. Yeah. Right. What you don't have is what you need. But then here was the consequence. So I, I, I love and I hate this part of the story, but I, I do love it because I think it's so applicable. Here's the consequence. What was the first thing that they realized once they ate the fruit? So Eve, Eve eats, she gives to her husband, Adam, who is there, who also knows the command and is doing right. nothing. Who got the command directly the from way. God. Right. And we don't have time to maybe get into all that about manhood and just being a leader and, and being a faithful husband to her, which yes. he was not. Right. But he is there and he's not doing anything. Um, he gives it to her. He, she gives it to him. He eats. And then what are they? First thing they realized was they were naked. They're naked. Yep. Which is so interesting. Yeah. Chapter two ends with the man and the woman are both naked and they're not ashamed. Yeah. And then the first thing that they know, now Satan had promised them, I mean, you're going to know everything God knows. Right. You're going to be like God. You're going to yes. essentially be God. That's not what they know. Mm -mm. They now know good and evil, but I think what they knew about good and evil was God is good and I'm evil. Yes. You know, this is yes. what they now realize. Right. Um, it's so sad. Yeah. I mean, it is. Sin makes promises. We always say this. Sin makes promises yeah. it can never keep. It it makes this nice, shiny, you're going to get this thing. And then it, one, one guy that I was reading said, it's as if a deaf man is promised that you're going to hear. Yeah. And so he's given the thing or he takes the thing and all he hears is screaming. Like all yeah. they knew, the first thing they knew was shame. Right. That is the first. They realized they're not enoughness. Right. And we've been struggling with that ever since. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the first, I, it is so telling that the very first words uttered by fallen man is, I heard the sound of you in the garden talking to God and I was afraid. Hmm. So here's something that they hadn't felt before. I was afraid because I was naked. And so I hid myself. Yeah. And guys, we talked several, several weeks ago about wearing those masks. Yeah. about how we're afraid of our not enoughness. And so we put on masks so that people will love us, so that we can get value from everyone. Here's where it started, guys. Right. Like their masks were fig leaves, for heaven's sakes. And so they understood that without God, separated from God, they're not enough. Yeah. They were evil and God is good. And they felt yeah. that separation. And what was... Before the fall happens, before so if you don't know, we call this the fall, right? Yeah. This is what Genesis three is: the fall of man, the, the the sinful, the first sin. Before that happened, you know, as we 
And, and we're not shown a whole lot of it, but we do understand that there was this perfect relationship between them and God. And I mean, God was their everything. Right. I mean, he had you know, like he he made them literally made Adam from the dust yeah. and breathed into him and then makes Eve from Adam like this. Like to to them, I mean, you just had to put their put yourself in their. I guess they didn't wear shoes, but <laughs> put yourself in 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 their, in, in their situation yeah. and think, like, I mean, we love God and God, obviously, yes, we we do. But I mean, the relationship that they had with Him before pre fall, right, of just face to face, perfect love and interaction and yes. relationship with this God, and now they're hiding from Him. Yeah. You know, because, and I think this is what the, what the fallout that we see from that sin, the first thing that they do, that their eyes says the eyes of both of them were open and they realized that they were naked. So the kind of the immediate fallout from all of this was this brutal self-awareness. All of a sudden, I, I I can just imagine for them it was, you know, before they sinned, God God had their focus. Right. God had their attention. Right. They thought about Him. They looked to Him. They didn't care what they looked like or, you know what I'm saying? That's like exactly right. Who, who, who they were or who they were not. Yeah. And then Satan convinces them of this thing and they take the fruit and they eat it. And the first thing they now are, are looking at is what? Is themselves. Right. Now I'm looking at me. Right. And man, what if if that doesn't paint a picture of the the horrible consequence of sin for our lives? Yeah. How how enslaved are we to like just self? Right. Right, just looking at ourselves and yeah. thinking about all that we are not, all that we are ashamed of, all that we have done, all that we fail to do, what we look like. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And man, I was just thinking about that too and and as as we want this podcast to be, you know, mainly for you students, um, and I do believe for for middle school and high school, that is just so even more condensed in that time of life as you're a teenager and everything feels like, you know, how do I fit into this? How, right. What do I look like when I do this? Yeah. Where am I? What are my gifts or talents? What? And you're so aware of constantly just aware of yourself, right? Right, aware of everything you are or want to be and maybe everything that you are not. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah, because um, the only thing they had to compare themselves to was God. Imagine right. that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like we say, you know, you get on the Instagram or all the things and start comparing yeah. yourself, like you're going to feel really bad about yourself and that's scientifically proven. Yeah. But they had God to compare themselves to. Right. So it's us and him. Th- yeah, they were, they were not feeling fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's just such a sad reality yeah. that now this relationship is broken and we feel like we have to hide. And yeah, all and the they, thing was they were naked the whole time. Right. Like they were naked the whole time. They were unashamed. They yeah. were loving life, playing yeah. with the giraffes and the like, like <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, and the fact that that was the first thing was that self-focus. That God is had so to ask them. You know, yes. Who told, you know, so if you read further in the story, God does come into the garden um, and, and he calls out to them. He asks them some right. questions and, one of the, one, and, you know, Eve answers, we hid because we were naked and we were yeah. afraid and we were ashamed. God says, who who told you you were naked? Yes. So there's something so interesting about this whole dynamic where the shame, this fear, this hiding right. and all of that. So. Right. Just being vulnerable before God. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that um, I was just going to say, um, and we've talked about this, was one of the ways that you battle that. Because when we talked about proximity, one of the things was um, that uh, the way to battle 
the lie is to know the truth yeah. so well yep. that the lie, like you're like, that's dumb. That's a lie, right? <laughs> yeah. And when we live so close up to Jesus, mm-hmm. when we study his word and pray, this is why kids, students, sorry, I, I'm sorry I called you kids. Students, <laughs> <laughs> this is why we tell you all the time, like get in the word, yeah. spend time in prayer, because what you're doing is you are living so close up to the truth that when these lies come, you put them in their place easily, right? Like yeah. tell the counterfeit thing. Yeah. So I heard this from a friend one time as he was talking about, you know, when you were, he, he, he works in a fine, I guess he worked at a bank or whatever. So um, he was talking about, you know, you learn how to spot counterfeits, not by looking at counterfeits and handling counterfeits. You learn it by handling real money yes. and they teach you, here's what a real bill looks like. Here's how it feels. Here's, you know, whatever. So you don't spot the counterfeit by knowing what counterfeits look like. You spot the counterfeit by knowing the real thing. I love it. Such a great illustration. I and like it. you're talking about, Jesus yeah. says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right. You know, so how do we know the 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 other side of that? How do we know what's fake? How do we know what's not the way? How do we know what's not the truth, what's not the life? By knowing Jesus. Right. Right. Not by spending all our time looking for the other things and trying to figure out what's wrong with them, but just by looking at Jesus and knowing Jesus. So like you said, being being in the word. Right. Because um, lots of there are lots of religions out there um, who want to be like God. Yeah. There's Muslim. Yeah. There's Mormonism. There's New Age. Like all of these have that draw mm-hmm. and people are swept into those because they don't know the truth. They, yeah. They're not living so close up to the truth that they know. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we're getting kind of to our end here, um, just of our time. So let's just maybe any, any kind of parting shots as you think about this story and you think about, um, you know, all, all that kind of goes on here with Adam and Eve. I don't know. Where, where do you want to end this today? Just to, with some words to, I to think that sometimes we can, um, read this narrative and we can, uh, see God as harsh. Wasn't that overreacting? Yeah. Um, but I want us just to, sometimes in the word, when a question is not directly answered for us, mm-hmm. I think it's an invitation by God to jump in and learn right. his character. Yeah. Because once we know his character, then some of the questions are immediately answered. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just want us to look at uh, kind of the end of this, the end of this particular uh, yeah. story and how God's grace really shines through. Um, once they recognized their not enoughness and started to cover themselves with fig leaves, I don't know how much you guys know about fig leaves, but they're scratchy. Like that, that is not a comfortable <laughs> covering. Not, no. It's not comfortable. It's not silk. So here's what God did. He sacrificed an animal mm-hmm. um, and he used the animal's skin to make covers right. for them. And so he graced them when they felt they're not enoughness, he didn't say, oh, guys, it's OK. You are enough. You're fantastic. He didn't do that because yeah. he's not he's not going to lie to them. Yeah. Um, but he, he covered them. And we see that we are covered in Christ's righteousness. When we become mm-hmm. a Christian, that is one of the things that happens immediately with us yeah. is that our identity has changed. We're made new in Christ. He covers us with himself with this sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and so we see that he promised a rescuer. Mm-hmm. He, he, he a lot of foreshadowing them, here yes, in the story, but he promised <laughs> them yeah. you're not going to be left in this state. Yeah. And then they didn't die immediately. Like they yes. did not die immediately because right. they needed to have children who had children, who had children, who had children who brought forth this rescuer. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And so I just, I, and then we see that Jesus eventually came at great cost yeah. to God. 
um, to fulfill what Adam couldn't do as our representative, as our representative of humanity. Yeah. Adam did not fulfill his obligation, yeah. um, but Jesus did. Yeah, man, I love that. And again, just that that foreshadowing and, and man, why are they hiding? Because they probably think God's coming to kill them. Yeah. Because he said you're going to die. Yeah. But he kills an animal instead yes. and, and clothes them. And they would die eventually, yes. Yeah. And they died spiritually that day too because sin is spiritual death. But but he provides the Redeemer and he you know, just points forward in the in the story. I love that. Um I would end it this way. I think you you covered that so well at the end there. So at the end of the story, just the beautiful grace and the redemption of God. Mm. So I want to end it like this for me, just to say this, um, that I think, if anything, this is a cautionary tale for us, too, about is there something in our lives that we would trade for the relationship that we could have with God? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fruit what is what is my fruit? Right. What's the thing that might just be there that again Satan doesn't have to cram down my throat. Right. But he just will constantly remind me that it's there. Remind me that it, it it's it's available to me. Um, and I would encourage all of us just to think about that. And really, you really think about that and pray about that. It's serious. Sin is serious. It's always it was just a bite of a fruit. Right. Yeah, that seems so trivial. But I promise you, if you could have asked Adam and Eve five minutes later how much they regretted what they did. They, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Just the shame that they felt. So just to think about like, what is your fruit? What's the thing in your life right now yeah. that you are maybe engaging in or taking part in and, and are kind of treating it like this is something that I'm willing to, to have over and above a relationship with God. Right. Cause it won't, fulfill. it will not fulfill it you. It's not you, worth it. Satisfy um, you. Yeah. So, so uh, next week, next week, as we, um, you know, obviously this this story kicks off the rest of Scripture as we see um, the Bible, you know, here's a little bit of a spoiler alert. The Bible is not always a pretty story. Right. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. pretty rough things in Scripture. And out of that comes this question. We had a lot of people ask us questions like this as we started this podcast, things about suffering, things mm-hmm. about oh, why does this or that happen in right. life? Why is the world so hard? Why do I go through this? And that's a very common question. Um, so next week that we're going to tackle that a little bit and I don't think we'll be able to exhaust the whole answer or nothing like that. <laughs> might be a part one and two. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But at least we're going to start that conversation and, and kind of just look at the Bible and what it says to us about why the world is the way it is. Right. And, and Genesis three is the kind of the open door yeah. to that of a lot of suffering and trouble in the world. And then after that, we're going to get into some more specific questions about maybe certain things that we all experience, go through and experience. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening again today. We we love being able to do this. Thank you for the question, Holden. And um, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, and look as always, to it. seek first the, the kingdom, kingdom of, of God. God. Thank you for listening to the Seek First podcast. We hope and pray that you have been encouraged and empowered to seek first the kingdom and righteousness of God in every area of your life. If you are a teen or young adult and have a question or topic that you would like Stephanie and Kurt to discuss on Seek First, simply email kurt at eastridge.church. Until next time, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness.